So here we are, back uh, at the New Orleans Athletic Club. This is Renee Coleman sitting with Manny Chevrolet, the original Troubled Man. For Troubled Times. And we are now the Troubled, troubled Men, Men for Troubled Times. And yeah. this is the Troubled Men podcast. Exactly. So if you don't dig it, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Coming no. in hot. <laughs> I, I'm starting off with a bang, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why no, not? I've had a... It's been a... It's been a God damn, it's been um, an exhausting few weeks it has. in this city. Well, first we had the, the freeze, yeah, and the then freeze. the post-freeze, and then the, the school catch-up from that. And, and, then, then, the, and then the Drew freeze. The, <laughs> and then Mardi Gras we had. Right, we had the Mardi Gras. It was Gras. kind of an early Mardi Gras. But I had a very good Mardi Gras this year. Oh, really? Go yeah. on. Let's get I, right I into it. I had a really good one. You know, you know why? Why? Because I didn't go to one fucking parade. <laughs> I only got roped into going to one, actually. I went to one, actually. I'll be honest. I went to one. Which one? I went to uh, Nick's, the, uh, the, the women crew. Oh, right. NYX. NYX, yeah. Uh-huh. What, what caused you to go to that one? Because my daughter said, I want to go. And I was like, okay. She's invited some friends already. So basically, she made plans without telling me. And I said, well, you can't go out there by yourself. So I'm taking you out there. And so we had dinner, and then we went out there. And it was, you know, it was cold and wet was the problem. And my problem is, is that, um, you know, these, these parades, they just stop. They stop. And they don't move for like 10, 15 minutes. Nothing happens. Right. You got to wait. Yeah. You just wait and wait and wait. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm not from here. So I have a, there's a little bit of a, you know, I can easily pick on it and stuff like that because I'm not from here. Speak up, Manny. Okay. I'm speaking up. Okay. I'm a little fucked up right now. So you got to just bear with me. Yeah. I had two drinks before I met you and we had um, uh, spicy beef lettuce wraps my wife made. And two drinks, and I had a hit of the pen. Okay. I had, I had a hit of the pen. and So you're uh, feeling relaxed. Yeah, and then I drove you here. Right. Yeah, well, you seemed to do fine. I wasn't concerned. Yeah, you didn't seem too concerned. That's why I'm telling you now. Oh, well, that's, that's okay. good. So, yeah, no, Mardi Gras was good. Then, basically, I, that was it. It was Nick's, and, and, and the kid went to some parades with some other families and stuff, and I had a four-day weekend where I did nothing except basically drink, eat, and like this thing I heard, I found out about this thing called binge-watching. Uh-huh. Yeah, binge-watching must be a big thing. Porn you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, I don't call that binge-watching. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I call that pure entertainment. Oh, you know? <laughs> gotcha. Because sometimes I binge-watch shows, and I'm totally, like, not entertained. But okay. I, I binge-watched. Uh, now with all this, uh, I gave up my cable. I gave up the cable. I don't know if I told you this. I gave up my cable. How am I doing? Am I doing yeah, all right? Yeah, doing great. Yeah, okay. No, no, great. I'm, uh, I gave up the cable, and now we're doing, like, um, the... Um, the um the 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 stick or whatever they call it uh, it's like, like a, a, it's like a, a fire stick yeah a fire stick where we pick up for 20 bucks a month instead of, instead of spending 200 bucks a month right we're spending 20 bucks a month to get like netflix hulu sling all these channels are these networks right that are packaged together and some of them are free and some of them you pay for and some of them if you want to watch a movie you got to pay a little extra for the movie right so I've been I've been uh, I binge watched a bunch of stuff over the weekend, and then I saw movies that uh, 
I had heard about over the years and never went, never got a chance to see them, and I watched them. Yeah, yeah. and they were good. Yeah, the, the one movie I saw that was really good, and you might want to talk about this because I think you texted me something over the weekend. Uh, I, I watched this movie called Spotlight. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Did you see Spotlight? Oh, man, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Holy cow, Jesus. Well, now, Spotlight is all about the, uh, I think, the Boston Globe mm-hmm. newspaper's investigation into the, the whole cover-up by uh, the Boston the Catholic Church. Archdiocese. Well, the whole and church, shifting, worldwide. Well, yeah. Worldwide, yeah, 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 ultimately. But it would start off with just... Uh, uh, Investigating this one priest, a, a small unit of, of uh, investigative journalists exactly. at, at the Boston Globe, and they're being waved off at every at every possible juncture by uh, you know other people in the in the journalism business, by uh, the, the archbishop, by everybody. But, but, yeah, and the public, and the the attorneys for the church, and the and the, and the right, right, and, and, and the, even some part of the police force. Yes, yeah, yeah, they were all, and they they show in the movie how the police force was allegedly in in. Uh, 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 complicit in yeah. covering this up, and any time an yeah. incident would would happen, they'd call the the uh, the cardinal in, and right. he would smooth it over with the family, and it would never go to an arraignment. And, and it, it was, was always horrible, like a horrible. yeah, ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars payoff, or whatever that kind of stuff was. But yeah, right. it, it was it was a really well done movie. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. I enjoyed it a lot, and that was one of the movies I saw over the over the Mardi Gras weekend. But then you br- you texted me about this whole this thing. Yeah, you, you know, I've kind of been on this little thing. You know, I started off. I had that bit a few weeks ago or a month ago about the you know the Rico statutes. That was after maybe I'd seen that movie. I mean, I've, this uh-huh. has been something I've thought about for some time. But yeah. but uh, and that's why I watched the movie because I was like, oh yeah, I, I remember when that came out, and I want to see it. You know, until I was a teenager, I was part of the Catholic Church. I was basically born into it, but I never practiced it until my mom, who struggled her whole life to, to make ends meet, uh-huh. she, would, she would blackmail us in order to get money from her parents. You know, my, her parents were like Mexican Catholics. Right, very devout. Yeah, very devout. And it was like, well, how come Manny hasn't made his confirmation or communion yet? It's like, oh, well, he's going to, he's going to. What's it worth to you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, my mom would always promise me, like, well, if you do this, uh, Nana is going to give you a nice, you know, nice presents. And, you know, it's like really good. It's really good. So you'd go through fucking six months of catechism and then right. and you'd do this communion or whatever. And then, you know, after that, I get, you know, we have like a pizza party or something like that. You get the payoff. And I get the payoff and it's fucking rosary beads. It's like, uh, <laughs> what am I going to do with these? <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with these, man? <laughs> you know, or a little statue of Jesus to put over my bed. Right, the crucifix, you know. Uh, well, my mom is sitting there counting the 20. 20s, you know, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Well, you know, it's, that's the could could be seen as the heart of the the whole thing. You know, it's uh, you, you got the, the the naked guy on the on the wall, and uh, somebody's counting the counting the twenties. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, worked for, for a long time. They, they, they passed around the hat. You know, the basket. so uh, you know, catching up. Uh, you, I'm sure you are aware of the whole Tide Pod challenge that was going on a, a little while back, where they had uh, these kids on on Instagram or YouTube oh, with the detergent. Uh, yeah, yeah, chewing up these Tide Pods, I, and and I was, I was and people actually did it. You know, I think maybe a couple of them were jokes, but then other people just went ahead and did it because right. I guess people are so stupid. I was yeah. thinking, well, you could do a test of that. You know, we have this new Instagram account that we haven't used yet, but you know, we we got in the chamber, and I th- I thought, well, 
maybe I could do like a Drano challenge. I could expand <laughs> on that. So, you know, here's my idea for the Drano challenge. So, you know, you take a bottle of Drano and you wash it out real good, empty it out, you know, rinse it out with water real good, put a bunch of milk in there, get it, get it all nice and clean. And uh, then you fill it up with water and then you film yourself uh, doing a Drano challenge. And that's where you supposedly like fill your mouth with Drano and gargle. And uh, and then spit it out. You know, don't <laughs> swallow it. Could be could be bad. I mean, would anybody actually do that? I mean, you couldn't you couldn't actually post that on Instagram because somebody was stupid enough that they would do it and they would kill themselves. Well, you could do anything. You could fake, uh, you know, me, uh, you know, slitting my wrist and you know, living right. to tell about it. But then someone would do it and then die. Right. I'm yeah. saying. So you know. You, uh, so yet yeah, the the tide. Uh, I, the, the pod challenge is not too far, but the Drano challenge would be too far. <laughs> well, it's it's way to the left of the ice bucket challenge, I think. I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> way to the left it's of the way ice to the left of yeah. that. But uh, I only heard a little bit about this uh, pod thing. Um, well, they're poison, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, I, they're yeah. detergent poison. Yeah. It's almost like these bath salts. That are, I, I, I don't know why they call them. I don't even know what the whole idea of bath salt is. What is a bath salt? You know, that's that's a misnomer, I believe. Maybe they sell them in their package like that, but nobody yeah. puts them in their bath and takes a bath. They, right. they smoke them, I guess. Yeah. And like the flocka. It's thing. like the flocka. Yeah. It's uh, related to the, to the flocka, but <laughs> uh, but it, and similarly, it makes people go crazy. You know, it's like the the guy that they caught a couple of years ago who was like uh, attacking another, like one homeless guy attacking another yeah, homeless guy him. and eating him. Yeah, yeah and that they was, called it a zombie attack. Right, or whatever, and they, they that, uh, that attributed that to bath salts. So right away, you know, I thought, nah, maybe it's not for me. That's my friend Leroy. All right, Leroy. Um, I like these headphones. I like this little thing. I can hear you better. I, yeah, I, I yeah. Feel, uh, I feel like we're in the same Yeah, in, in the, the same, same room. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know. So uh, other than that, uh, it's been two weeks of basically, I've been very tired lately. I don't know why. Yeah. I just think I'm getting old. Well, you are, but I I mean, that's no reason why. You, you know, you haven't gotten uh, uh, dramatically older in the last two weeks. You're just only two <laughs> weeks older than you were before, so I wouldn't really understand why you'd have such a precipitous drop-off in energy just based on that. I don't know. Oh, here's what I want to talk about. This guy, um, if you're not from New Orleans, uh, you probably don't know much about this person named Mr. Okra. Sure, Mr. Okra, he's a traveling... Uh, produce vendor. Produce vendor, goes around the different neighborhoods, sings a song... Rattles a yeah. bell. So he died. He did die. Did pass away. I he saw did that. die a few days ago, and all of a sudden, I just see like on Facebook, on on the Nola dot com, on the Advocate, and all that kind of stuff. How what a joy it was to have him in our lives. All this kind of stuff, you know, the praise for Mister Okra, all this stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I dealt with this guy at least two or three times. When he was driving down my street, and he was famous for saying, I got cucumbers, I got tomatoes, I got bananas, I got okra. You know, he goes, right, right. So I'd wave him down. I'd say, well, do you have any avocados? No. <laughs> do you have any oranges? No. <laughs> I go, <"Okay>. well, <laughs> Limited supply. He's <laughs> like, okay. And then... And then I see a, a picture, his last picture of him in his truck. And this guy, man, must have weighed like 400 pounds or something. Well, he wasn't walking. He was yeah, driving the he truck, was, so he, was like, he wasn't getting a lot of exercise. So I felt like thinking, thinking, I started thinking to myself, you know, 
I got heart disease. I got TB. I got a fat belly. That's basically what he was, you know? Well, maybe he, was, maybe he also had Twinkies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had, and some, 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 I had ding-dongs. Some, I had a Big Mac. <laughs> I had a double Whopper. Yeah, you know, I had some bacon, you know? He didn't have those things because he'd, he'd eat And then them one time, one time, my wife waved him down. And asked him for something, and he didn't have it there. He was very curt and like an asshole towards my wife. So once again, once again, someone who's beloved in death, uh, in is, death, you know, you know, might have been different in life. Yeah, is that my, what you're saying? well, and I can talk about him this way because he's dead. You know, well, he probably wasn't going to do anything to you. You know, <laughs> he might throw a cucumber through my window or something. I don't know. You know, well, I, think, I think you just want to go the opposite way. You know, like since since there's this outpouring of warmth towards him, the the contrarian in you uh, well, feels compelled yeah, yeah, to offer always, the. It's in my DNA. The other side. Yeah, it I, I is in it. my DNA. I but it. I am being honest when I say this. No, I'm. I, you know, no, I get it. You know, I am being honest when I say this. You know, as my you know? grandmother would say, uh, she'd say something very derogatory about somebody, and everybody else in the room would go, "Oh, like that." You shouldn't say that. And she'd go, "Well, it's true." <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as it was true, she yeah, could say whatever yeah, she wanted about yeah, you. Yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> exactly. That's okay. When yeah. we were burying her, the priest asked for uh, for uh, uh, cherished memories of my grandmother, and everybody came out with all that stuff. It wasn't anything. <laughs> it wasn't a bunch of corny stuff. It was about. <laughs> Her sense of humor and right. her honesty. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Grandma, you know, did this, when Grandma did this, and Grandma did that. So, uh... Oh, here's another thing about Mardi Gras. Right. Um, I stayed home. I was very happy to stay home all, all weekend and basically just be a glutton. And um, But I did catch, you know, on Mardi Gras day, I'm making coffee or whatever, and I... And I see, um, you know, live reports from the parade. And maybe you can answer, because you're from here. But they're interviewing some Zulu writers. Zulu's the, the, basically the African-American crew that runs at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right, and sort then, of the, uh, the, the, uh, the satirical version of Rex, which is the king of carnival. Right, it's, it's the, right. uh, they all dress in, in uh, like... Really um, outrageous blackface right. style. It's it's a it's a satire of of black misrepresentation done by black black people. people. Yeah. Right. So that here's my whole that's the whole thing. I'm watching it and I'm seeing these Zulu writers or Zulu crew members, or whatever, and they're all black guys. They're all black guys. Sure, sure. And I'm saying to myself, well, why do you need black face paint if you're black? Uh, you know, it's, I, I get the joke, but uh, in, in all seriousness, it's, it's, uh, it was it's certainly a stylized thing. They actually do have some white people in uh, in. Well, I've in actually Zulu. I knew one white believe, person years ago I'm, who ra- who uh, who uh, wrote in Zulu, and my brother-in-law has written in Zulu right, the past well, couple of years. Okay, well. but he has like come out to the family the past couple of Easter saying that he is black. 
He's not white. He said he's a black man. He's transgender. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He can use every bathroom he wants, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he's oh, transracial, I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, trans, transgender. LBGTQI, whatever that is. Right, right, um, right. Like uh, that Rachel Dolezal woman who was uh, transracial. She claimed to be transracial. Oh, right, yeah, in Seattle yeah. or exactly. in Washington. Yeah, 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 she was a head of the ACLU or the uh, uh, NAACP. Yeah, 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 the local chapter. chapter yeah, the yeah, local yeah. chapter where she was. So by. your brother is getting on that tip. He thought I, things went well so well for her. He wants to get a little piece of that. Yeah, that I, I, he's he's fucking out of his mind. <laughs> the guy's fucking out of his mind. He hey. he's the oldest of the of the eight kids. Okay, and he was the biggest disappointment to both parents. Ah, uh, you know. He's the uh, biggest disappointment. Say the same thing about myself. <laughs> I know, but you made something for yourself. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he, he he hasn't made anything. He's like, you know, ten years older than you, and 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 he's still borrowing money from mom. Oh well, maybe it's not too late. You know, <laughs> Grandma oh, Moses didn't start start yeah, painting yeah. Into, into her sixties. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, no, he's so, the kind of guy though that uh, just to end that he's the kind yeah. of guy that lights up a room by leaving it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old ones are the best ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, on, on, you know, I saw an interesting Mardi Gras story as I was looking over the newspapers that I missed during all the 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 festivities. Mm-hmm. And turns out, you know, there were actually a number of uh, shootings along the parade route this year. It, it seemed to become, be more common every year. year. Yeah, One big. of them in particular, I, I drilled down and read the whole article. It involved involved a couple of, of elements, one of which is my pet peeve about the city allowing people to practically move their entire patio set onto the neutral, onto the neutral yeah. ground, yeah. onto the yeah. median yeah. for a parade and wow. occupy a big set of, of area. And they have, literally, they have portable bathrooms, which are illegal out there that they yeah. control. They have... giant barbecue grills and tents and and, everything yeah I know what you're saying so so you know, they made a big show of, like, on the first weekend of the, of the carnival season. Which is a very light weekend. For, very for, light for weekend. For people who don't know that, it's very light. It's, it's basically more for the locals and yeah, some tourists are here. Yeah, from out of town aren't, aren't really yeah. here yet, mostly. Yeah, yeah. But they made a big show of the police going out and cutting chains on ladders that were chained in place and moving all this stuff out. Yeah, in, I know. Now, they did it in just enough... Uh, length of of the parade route to get the the television stations to film them doing it. Right. So that was about four blocks. Right. Yeah. And people were all up in our. Oh, okay. How can you do this? How can you take all this stuff away? We've been doing this for generations. Well, it's it's always been illegal, and they keep passing even more laws saying that you can't do that for all the obvious reasons. And they keep doing it. So they keep doing it. So they they made a big show. Of course, you know. Next week, they're out there, and they didn't do anything. And so it comes down, I think this was either like the Sunday before Mardi Gras or some, some day close to, to, uh, Fat to, to Fat Tuesday, to Mardi Gras. And they had one family that had their whole set out there. And Probably multiple, in Damien, I'm multiple sure. Multiple generations, or, yeah. or no, it, possibly Bacchus, Probably or Bacchus. one of those days. Um, <laughs> they uh, had multiple generations. They had another family next to them with multiple generations there. They'd been um, amicably occupying these adjacent spaces all day long. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, some friction developed. Yeah. Uh, apparently this guy who's holding his baby in his arms... Uh, 
says, now this is allegedly, this is his claim, that he felt he got hit in the head with a pipe wrench at the beginning of this melee. Then he saw a guy running with no shirt on towards his mother, towards the mother of the guy who got hit (laughs) in the head, the guy who's holding the baby in his arms. Sounds good. As he sees the guy running towards his own mother, Uh. he pulls a gun out of his pocket and shoots the guy dead on the run. With the baby still in his arms. <laughs> so he's got a baby in one arm, and he sees a guy moving target. Um, this guy, you know, he's, he good should shot. be in the CIA. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Shot. He's got yeah. a baby in one arm. He just yeah. got hit in the head with a pipe wrench, but he's still such a good shot. He can quick draw this pistol out of his pocket and kill a man uh, on the run. In a cr- whole crowd of people, there's thousands and thousands of people around. He hits this guy, you know, dead It's aim. still under investigation, right? It is under investigation, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's... Uh, the guy's dead? The guy, the shirtless guy's dead? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's quite oh, dead. He was fuck. dead on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the guy's still holding his baby, you know? It's, <sighs> it's like, this is... Now, if... if there was if, 24, 21 shootings during Mardi Gras, It's crazy, it? man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's why I stay home. Well, you, you know, know? I, I've never been anywhere where there was any shooting on a parade route. I've been somewhere where they were shooting yeah. not on a parade route. Well, that's but. when you were on the crack, wasn't it? No. <laughs> no, not me. No, no, I wasn't in a bar, but... Uh, um, well, I, I've been I, shot at before. I, I, the guy wasn't actually shooting at me, but there, he was shooting around me. Uh, I was not a target, yeah. but I could have been inadvertently hit. It's something I still remember. Well, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, you know, because like uh, the, it makes national press. It makes it makes, you know, sure. especially now in today's, you know, social media and all that stuff. And what I found was funny was like the week before Mardi Gras started, when they were cleaning all the basins up, and they right. found like thirty tons. Of no, it was Mar- like fifty-six tons of uh, Mardi Gras beads yeah. in the catch basins. Yeah, and this was before Mardi Gras started. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, from yeah, past yeah, years, yeah, past, past <laughs> years, past. And I find it also funny how they. Uh, I think Nagan, our mayor Nagan, who's now in prison, was the only mayor who said, "I'm not going to judge." How, how many people came to Mardi Gras by our trash? I'm going to judge it by other numbers. But apparently, mayors past and even our mayor now ju- judges the amount of attendance because of the trash, or the beads. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the concept. I don't understand the math or you know, how they can right, do it. Right, right. You, know, you know, trash is trash. It's, you know, people are people. And, it seems know. like an unreliable measure. Yeah. Well, apparently that's what they, well, where, you know, what are we talking about, you know? But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, man. I, I I don't know how people can think that that they're going to bring a gun to a, a crowded event like that and have it be safer for them. Yeah. You know, so they asked the guy. They're like. Well, why would you bring a gun to a parade, to a parade that you're there with, with your, your family? <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he goes, and the guy goes, "Hey, man, this is a dangerous city." It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> you bring a because of you, because of people like you. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. That, that's exactly what makes it dangerous. We live in a dangerous world. Well, because yeah, of you, man. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. No, it's Think it's about it. Yeah. You know, I uh, I've only held a gun once in my life. Really? Yeah, uh, and it was a uh, it was basically a, a a rabbit gun. You know, they hunt rabbits down in Mexico. Oh, huh. Um, the only other time I held a gun was at a party when I was like 19 years old, and some Beverly Hills party that I was at. And this guy goes, "Oh man, look at this gun!" And it's like this fucking like 
Mm. See, like, no, that's that is insane to me. Yeah. I, I love guns. I mean, I, I have you know a, a number of, of guns. Oh, yeah. I would never be at a party and think this is a good time to pull out yeah, my gun. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. drinking. Yeah. What what mix is better than alcohol and firearms? Well, yeah, exactly. Coke, alcohol, <laughs> and speed, and and heroin. And this guy whips out this gun. It's like, dude, don't even fucking get that yeah, thing. No toward. kidding. And man. I'm high as a kite. You know, I could probably take and go. Ooh, you know, replay the deer hunter. If so I wanted crazy, to. <laughs> you know? yeah, but no. so you know what happened though. A few weeks later, that same gun, um, a guy at the party used it to kill himself. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you could have seen that coming, right? Yeah. It's, Jesus, yeah. I mean, yeah. it shows you it's it's a terrible idea. Please, let's not. Let's let's not uh, take get out the liquor and think this is a good time to right. show off my firearms. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. No, I. Uh, you know, if you can resist, uh, you know, getting your phone out and texting people, you can certainly resist getting <laughs> yeah. your gun out when you're when you're a little liquored up, right? That's that's a good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because you see, oh, God damn man, the people with their phones. Girl bumped into me. She's texting on her phone. She bumps into me. She's like, sorry. I go, for what? What are you sorry for? You know, you fucking bump into me. Don't say you're sorry. Just get the fuck out of my way and look where you're going. You know? Yeah, clearly it was, it's, it's by uh, intention that you're not paying that you're not Yeah, you're paying not paying attention. attention. All right, so I heard something funny. Um, well, my wife brought it up to me, a story that she read, and it's got to be true. <laughs> and my wife says it's got to be true. Right, right. There's a symptom that people have, and we actually, I, I, I Googled it or whatever, and I saw it. It's, it, it's an actual, uh, it happens about 2% of the population of the world has this symptom. And I saw the story about this woman in Texas where you can actually go to sleep one night and go to sleep and be an American speaking, you know, whatever dialect you speak, American dialect or vernacular you speak, and you can wake up and be speaking like in an Australian accent. I've heard about Have that. you heard this? I heard about Have that heard recently, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw this story about it, and it was amazing. This woman from Texas went to bed one night, and she was born and raised like in Fort Worth or something like that, you know, Dallas, Irving, Texas. She goes to sleep. She wakes up. She's like, hello, mom. How are you? <laughs> What's happening, dear? You know, it's like and the family's like, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? Enough with the joke. You know, it's not funny anymore. Right. You know, and to me, that's ins- That's really kind of cool in one way, but really like, how does that happen? Is it split personality? Is it just basically maybe... Brain damage? Brain damage or, you know, hitting the pipe too much or I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it was. I was watching this story and I could not stop laughing because the reporter, the reporter interviewing her was like sitting there like looking at the camera going... <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not sure to, to yeah, what I think of this. Yeah, is this going to make the the top story this night? You know, the producer's going to cut me. You know that kind of stuff. But it was hilarious, and it's like, yeah, love. Okay, love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, well, and it's like really okay. The human brain is uh, very complex, man. I guess so. It's very, very you complicated. Know. You know, well, you, we've seen plenty of people who, uh, you know can't do one simple task that a child of five could do but then they because of some sort of brain damage but then they could do something else that is very highly evolved uh kind of 
activity that they still retained because that part of the brain was still intact. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I, I guess, you know, the, the way technology is and social media is today and the older I get, um, uh, it just seemed that everything has a name now, too. There was some kind of name for this. Sure, you know, there some, was some Latin kind of, name, perhaps. Well, some, like, researcher in, like, you know, Finland, you know, did, okay. uh, got, like, a million dollars to study how people can wake up you know, speaking a different language. Right, you know? he got to name it after himself. Yeah, his yeah, syndrome. Yeah, his syndrome, you know, whatever. Like, well, maybe one day you'll discover something <laughs> like that or be a victim of something like that and they'll name it after you. Yeah, you know, well, Chevrolet syndrome. Well, know? what about waking up screaming every day? That's what I do. I wake up screaming every right, day. Right, well, just get the realization <laughs> that you have to go through it one more day. Exactly. I know, I know. I have that same, uh, that same reaction. Know, well, it's, it's, to me, it's all about just killing time, you know? I just wake up, it's like, fuck, I gotta kill time. Well, as, <laughs> As Vincent Gallo says in uh, Buffalo 66, we're spanning time. Right. We're spanning time. Just God, that's a movie out of the past. God. Uh, so he, his advice to Christina Ricci in, in how to appear like his girlfriend, he says, look, just look at me like you love me. Don't touch me. And span time. <laughs> and I say that to my wife. I say, I say, so you look at me like you love me. Don't touch me. <laughs> and just span time with me. And you guys have been together, hey, what, 25 years? Uh, 30. We're 30 still, years still now. Look at that. Yeah. It, it works. You know, you got to keep it simple. You know, keep it very <laughs> behavioral. You know, I don't know about how anybody's going to feel. Just it's how everybody behaves. You know, you don't have to love me. Just look at me like you love me. <laughs> Don't look song. at me in anger. That's it, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Um, I had a, a bit of a, a plumbing uh, Oh, with the ice re- storm? Recap with the ice oh, storm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I actually, it had all calmed down. With the tenants. Your tenants, the tenants were stupid. Yeah, the tenants, stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, the, you know... The, had this one small issue, small like a pinhole in this pipe that I thought, well, I'll be able to fix this myself. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. guess what? No. Anytime you start fooling with 50-year-old plumbing, you fix one thing and the thing four feet down the line breaks. And boy, did it ever break. Yeah. I spent six hours fixing this thing yeah. only to have the entire pipe in the ground bust. Yeah. yeah. So I have to call in my real plumber. We have to dig a trench, do yeah. all the stuff myself. Yeah. Uh, it, it all winds up getting fixed. Um, then my tenant is saying, uh, well, you know, those days when the, when the water was frozen, I think you shouldn't charge me rent for those Fuck days. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> Fuck you, pay me. Had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> Toilet's not flushing? Fuck you, pay me. No, no, no. It's I like, th- well, you didn't move out on those days. You yeah, still, you you know, still, you still were. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I had a tenant uh, a few years back I felt bad for because it was a very cold winter and the heater went out for like 36, 48 hours. So I took off 25 bucks off the rent. Sure. You know, she was, her boyfriend was out of town and she was there by herself so she couldn't cuddle with anyone okay you know, you know so I, I, I so you helped her out yeah i just said i'll, I'll take 25 bucks out oh okay i thought you were gonna say something <laughs> no, 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 no 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 i i uh, i said well we can spoon for a while if you want yeah there you go you know um no i took 25 bucks off but uh, they were overpaying anyway so i didn't give a fuck well you know that's uh that was 
that's a, a yeah, nice well, gesture. That, that's nice one of the gesture. nicest things I probably have ever done in my life. Well, it's good that you remember yeah. it. You know? because, it's good that that didn't fall by the wayside. Because usually it's fuck you, pay me. <laughs> hey man, it's, it's no, a, it's, it's a hard because that's basically world. what you told them, right? You said, fuck uh, you. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she wanted to actually get a little bit insulting, and I said, I said, you know, I could say something to hurt your feelings, but I'm not going to. <laughs> So we're done talking here. Right. I said, oh, by the way, the rent is due today. <laughs> yeah. So you can give it to me now or I can leave and you can bring it to my house later right. on. Yeah. He said, oh, no, I'll, I'll give it to you. I said, well, I'm going to be here for five seconds if you right. want to go yeah. ahead and get that done. Yeah. So, you know, I had a realization, uh, you know, I've rented to many people who are... Um, let's shall we say do-gooders, yeah. which I always like. You know, I've rented to a lot of social workers. You know, people that really want to help other people, yeah. and I've never had a problem. Yeah. I've learned something about a certain class of do-gooder, which is the 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 uh, activist, the advocate. They're full of shit. Well, they're professional complainers. These are people who, in their job that's, every day, that's, they, compl- they find things to complain about. Now, yeah. perhaps there are things that are worthy of complaining about, but yeah. you, they get so much exercise on that muscle that that might not be someone that you want to have to deal with, uh, you know, because they will carry on that behavior with you. Yeah. They'll be, they're very good at it. They, they enjoy it. Mm. They enjoy complaining. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, live and I, I learn. no, no, yeah, no. I understand that totally, and I, 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 th- I find myself a bit of a complainer. I'm more of a whiner. I don't really complain about things. I just kind of whine about things. I guess there's a difference. There has to be a difference. You know, like, uh, see, the complainer though is like these social worker people that you're talking. Like you're tenants. no, I'm saying the social workers are different. Social workers are not complainers. They're problem solvers. I right, find. I'm yeah. talking about people that are that are uh, you know. Um, uh, activists or you know advocates of some right. for some cause you know some yeah. political cause yeah yeah uh, you know I guess deep down they think they're doing something right but to me basically it's like you know what just move on dude you know move on gal move on dude it's, uh, well, I'm saying they 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 may or may not be professionally uh, complaining about something that's worth complaining about I'm just saying they be- become so practiced at it that it right. becomes part of their personality yeah. and that's yeah. and that's that's annoying. Like outside, you know, in their normal day-to-day life, they can be, become a real pain in the ass to deal with because right. of that. Well, especially if you have a tenant like that, yeah. Well, I have a, we, my tenant right now, our tenants right now, are getting ready to have a baby. And they're kind of green people, but they're from Colombia. They're here like on an education visa. Sort of a greenish-brown, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, they're very eco-friendly. But, oh, I got it, okay. But at the same time, they, uh, they've never had much living in Colombia. Right, right. So well, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, it's okay, you can water the grass, you can do this, and you can, you can put the fan on if you're hot. Yeah, yeah. Put the fan on. Because we're, you know, we're getting, uh, actually, we're, we're breaking ground next week on our edition. Oh, no kidding. Oh, fuck, man. This is the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, besides, besides calling my mom and saying, uh, you're going to be a grandmother. You know? Right, right. You know, um, 
it's exciting. Well, it is exciting, uh, very exciting. But we're removing this huge tree in our backyard oh, okay. uh, on expensive. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be more than really. I, yeah, it's only going to be like twenty five hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. And they're removing the stump. They're just hauling it all off, and they're going to move all the debris that goes in our neighbor's yard. Uh, so right. I thought I thought that was pretty cheap, actually. Oh, okay. I don't know what tree it's, removal costs. It's deadly work, man. It's expensive because yeah, well, it's deadly work. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, go on. But anyway, uh, my tenant from Colombia, his name is uh, Andres who's never even gone into the backyard, even though I tell him, I go, it's your backyard too. Yeah. You know, he's never gone. He doesn't believe you. He's never gone in the backyard once, I think, the whole time they've lived there. And we told him, listen, this Thursday, the tree company's going to come. It's going to be kind of noisy, so just just be prepared. And he looks at me and my wife and goes, I'm going to miss that tree. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) It's like... Uh, when have you ever seen? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he just knew it was back there. He, 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 he didn't have to look at it. I saw it one time. I know it's back there. I'm going to miss that tree. You know, he's from South America. That's sweet. Yeah. No, he's in touch with the land. Yeah, no, I, I like guess. that. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, I don't know. You know. Maybe he's from the Amazon. I said, "Fuck you, pay me." <laughs> <laughs> no, you said good. <laughs> yeah, I said good. <laughs> we're killing. <laughs> we're gonna kill that tree. Good. You know. Anyway, <laughs> should we take a break and get another cocktail? It sounds like a perfect time. All right. I wanted to close out with a joke, though, before okay, we go into break. All right. Uh, you know, I, everyone's always trying to lose weight and stuff like that. And my wife sure. goes, my wife says, I want to lose some weight. I said, you want to lose 15 pounds? Go to a British casino. <laughs> So we're back. You know, they've had the, uh, the Winter Olympics going on recently. Yes. Have you been In fact, it's on the television. I have been. I, I, you know, I understand why, you know, when I was a kid and the Winter Olympics would be on or the Summer Olympics would be on, and my dad, he'd be watching, like, these women figure skaters or these girls gymnastics. Right. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are you watching this for? This is the stupidest thing ever. But now... I'm the same age he, he was. I'm thinking to myself, now I know why he was watching it. That dirty old motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Cute girls. You know, yeah. Cute girls with tiny little skirts going on ice. Peak you know, form. Peak form and jumping up and doing like positions that I only could dream of doing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, but I've been watching it. What I what thing I've gotten for the first week, what I love about the Olympics, uh, uh, what. There's, there's, it's always political. There's always something political about it. Remember back when we were kids, it was the Cold War. It was like sure. Soviet Union versus the U.S. Right. And how they cheated us in the basketball and we beat them in hockey and all that kind of stuff. And it still goes on today, right. but it's, a, the, the, it's different. The power know. lifters, all the women had, had, uh, yeah, steroids. had ball sacks. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah. East Germans, you know, sure. were, do, you know were fucking... The, all you roided know. up. Yeah, roided up. And, and, you know, it was just amazing. And I... I, I always think to myself, every Olympics, I go, I'm not watching, I'm not watching it. But then again, I, I find myself watching it. Suck you back in. It just sucked me back in because now the Olympics I'm watching this week or these two weeks is I'm watching now, thinking to myself, like I was watching last week um, during Mardi Gras weekend or whatever, um, these one-man luge. Uh-huh. 
where basically a guy just goes on a sled and just basically prays for his life that he's going to come out at the end of the video. Yeah. Right, right. But he has no steering components. He, he has no say in where the sled's going. It's just Don't they have some kind of little rudder at the bottom? That they well, they, have, kind of, they, uh, they can use their back skate or whatever to kind of... Oh, wait, are you talking about the skeleton where the guy lays down face first? Well, face first and on his back. Okay, well... Oh, no, not upside down face first. No, (laughs) they don't have any Olympic sports like that. (laughs) But I'm just thinking to myself, because these guys are going so fast. Sounds more spring break than than winter Olympics. (laughs) But I was watching it with my wife, and these guys are going just one-man luges by themselves, and they're doing like 80 miles an hour going to these turns and all that. So I turned down the sound, and I said, check this out. Start doing your own soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, just basically, because that's what it looked like to me. That's funny. You that's know, it's <laughs> like because he's and, the, and these commentators are going, "Oh, what a great move he did there!" What is, it's like? What the fuck did he do? I don't see anything he did. He's just hanging on for his fucking life. Right, right, right. He's trying not to die. <laughs> he's trying not to die. And there's a people at the end of, when he when they cross the finish line. There's people like cheering and stuff like that. You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> exactly. I'm alive. Life. You know, he gets up, he looks at the scoreboard, it's like, oh, he's disappointed. <laughs> you know, but he's happy that yeah, he's alive. He's happy he's alive, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the uh, overwhelming, the returning thought, the thought I keep having over and over watching all this activity is, you know, being from New Orleans... Uh, one thing I notice is... Uh, there's no winters? <laughs> well, no, about, no about the Winter Olympics yeah. is there's hardly any black people participating. Oh, yeah. And I think, well, it's not because black people are not good athletes at these sports. They clearly, if they were to play these sports, they would probably... Probably be, dominate. Probably dominate. Yeah. Because they would... But... Well, they can't afford it. Well, it's... I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I would say that uh, it's more a, a, a factor of why. Why would I? Uh, why would I? Why would anybody want to do that? Well, like that that one man's luge. Why would why? Any, why? Yeah. why? That's like if you if you like the average black guy on the street of New Orleans. If you said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" That's he'd be why? Why would I? And like you know. it's like okay. At the best, you might get a slight thrill and yeah. survive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like life isn't exciting enough for you, you right. know, just, or just, dangerous just, enough for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Just walk around the streets, man. Just go to a Mardi Gras parade. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like uh, you know, just surviving that. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly. need to slide down uh, uh, a, a, a two hundred foot drop and or some on kind of, ice, some kind of ice. Uh, yeah, field. with blades. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's a very. I love that. Why? Why would I? Well, I. So you know, I, I use I've used that uh, through my whole life as a rule of thumb. You know. <laughs> If, you, if, you, if there's some activity that you don't see black people doing, you should stay away from it. Yeah, what could be gained from it? Yeah, it's like, uh, you, you, you know, it's just I've, I've always steered away from those things. Like, you know, like skydiving right, or, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm not saying that there aren't some great black skydivers. Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, as, as a general rule, 
it, it's probably not going to be your best move. If right. You know, because you know, there, there's, there's... It's a, hard enough being a black man in this country anyway. You know, so why... Expose yourself to other, even more danger. other dangers, yeah, you know, so... Well, I remember growing up in L.A., you know, being from an, a, a Mexican mom and an Italian-Portuguese uh, dad... And all my friends in high school would go, like, every Christmas break, they'd go skiing, or Thanksgiving break, go skiing. Right. And they go, man, you want to come skiing? I go, no. No, I don't want to go skiing. <laughs> I have no, I have no, I don't want to go skiing. I don't want to go skiing. And it was, a couple times I did go, and I thought it was pretty fun. But I'll, big, the thing that I had about it was, it was so fucking expensive. Yes. For me. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. It was like a lift ticket's like forty bucks. Oh I know. And I now know. now it's now a lift ticket I I, saw, I was listening to my, my sports talk show in the morning a few days ago and a lift ticket for Vail, Colorado, a lift ticket for one day lift ticket, it's like hundred and sixty bucks. So See, how many rides are you gonna get? See, I, I you know, I, I guess maybe this is just a story that I told myself to feel better that, you know, I've I couldn't even know tell you what a lift ticket is. So <laughs> you know, I was clearly not in a position to be purchasing one. Right. So I just told myself that I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But you know, you, you think about like uh, cliches in different aspects of life and a lot of times they're true, right? Yeah. So when you think about the cliche of um, the uh, ski lodge, like back in the seventies, you know, say like uh, the wooden um, ski lodge with the fireplace, right? With the fireplace, and there's always that one guy with a broken leg. Yes, that's what I was yeah, gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a cliche of yeah. the ski lodge is yeah. the guy with the broken leg. Yeah, who wants to have a thing that's so common as a broken leg? It's like if a broken leg is a normal thing, uh, at the part ski- of this, I sh- don't want to be a part right. of it. You know. Well, look at look at look at that. The guy, the girl just crashed. <laughs> she yeah, just I'm stood. telling you, it's very dangerous. It's well, very, very I, I dangerous. Also, uh, see, I always thought about the the cliche about the broken leg was that you got all the sympathy from the snow bunnies and stuff like that. That's what I always thought. Cause you have a broken bone. <laughs> yeah. You might lose that limb. It might it might go bad and you get an infection. Yeah. And, and then you wind up in a wheelchair. Right. It's Saying, no joke. Walk on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So now I I went skiing basically once in my life. I've been to the, I went to the ski lodges in California a few times, but I just basically stayed in the lodge and hang out. Yeah, I had a girl, I had a girlfriend who was a big skier, and I said, okay, you go out, you go out and ski all you want. I'm going to be here drinking the hot toddies and whatever, you right know, on. looking for the guy with a broken leg. You know, or the and girl, the yeah, and the blow, exactly, yeah. No, I'm glad that's a that's a good point. Yeah, why, why would, why would you want to do that? No, it's people with too much time and too much money. It's it, and not enough fear, not enough, not enough danger in their. Well, lives. it's also stupidity too. Well, okay. <laughs> it's just like that's, that's I, hey, listen. Who wants to spend four hundred dollars on a lift ticket? I'm buying. Come on, you know I'll buy. Well, and you get a bunch of drunk fucks out same. there. Too much money. Yeah, too, too much, much time. Yeah, too much time. That's a great point. Sadly, I'll drink to that, man. All right. Salute. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to talk about a Hollywood story that I was oh, thinking good, about. Oh, good, good, good. I love those. Uh, you love my Hollywood stories. I do. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of, you know, I started thinking about these Hollywood stories, and I have a lot of them. 
it's funny how growing up in a certain part of the country and you, you just happen to bump into this shit. Right. Um, I was watching um, Some Like It Hot with my wife, with Tony Curtis sure, and, right. and Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then... Transvestite uh, yeah, yeah. band members. Yeah, it was the first LBGQT thing, whatever. And, um, um, and my wife's going... Oh wow, that Tony Curtis. He was good looking. Yeah, sure was. Yeah, yeah, he's a good looking guy. And then I thought to my, I thought I was thinking, Tony Curtis, I remember a Hollywood story that I had with Tony Curtis. Oh good. Um back in like nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, one of my good friends at that time used to work at a record store. I don't know if I told you the story. He worked at a record store called Odyssey Records on Wilshire Boulevard, which was right near our high school. Okay. He was 17, I was 18, and it was a record store slash head shop. Right, sure. Okay. There were many of those. Yeah, many those of those days. back in, Tower Records had it, Odyssey Records back in L.A. Sure. You know, um, and on Sunday mornings, they would, only, they would open at like around 11.30, and we had, been, we had been out all night. I think we went and saw a punk rock show or something like that. So I slept over his house. He goes, I got to go open, man. I'm fucking late. I got to go open the store. It's like, all right, let's go. Because uh, it was in my car. His car was like parked somewhere. I don't know what. Uh-huh. So I drove him to Odyssey Records. And he gets the key. We're opening the store. He's getting the till ready. He's uh, getting ready to open up. Still, he still, we got there early. He still got 20 minutes. All of a sudden, we're like sitting there. It's like, boom, 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 boom. There's this fucking pounding on the fucking glass door. Boom, 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 boom. And we go out there. We go, what, 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 what? There's this fucking guy sweating. He's sweating like a fucking, <laughs> like, you know, a sweater in August, New Orleans. You know, wearing a, he's just sweating like a fucking pig. And my friend who, this is, you know, this is his gig. I'm only, I right, gave him a ride. Right, right. I'm freaked out. I go, don't let this motherfucker in. <laughs> you know, so he's pounding the door. And, and my friend goes, we don't open for another 20 minutes. We don't open for another 20 minutes. He goes, all I need is a glass pipe. All I need is a glass pipe. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, I'll give you 20 bucks for a glass pipe, any glass pipe. And so my friends are going to pocket, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll right. give you, you know, come like on. Like a crack pipe yeah, or, or? A crack pipe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a free base pipe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 1980, 81 or whatever. Right. Right. Um, they hadn't developed the yeah. marketing term crack. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, they haven't gotten to squares and little bits. And right. All. Anyway, uh, he was going to cook it down, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this fucking sweaty guy comes walking in, <laughs> and it's fucking Tony Curtis. Holy cow! It's fu- allegedly. <laughs> no, it is fucking co- Tony Curtis. Okay. <laughs> it is Tony Curtis because what happens? Fast forward like nine, twelve months, he gets popped. For possession. Oh, okay. And this is before paparazzi and... and, and right. And, when heavy you, paparazzi. People could get away with shit. Yeah, still. they could still get away with shit. It was just kind of, It was fake news. <laughs> hadn't invented that term yet. Yeah, they hadn't invented that term. No, you but, know, people, people knew how to keep a secret. That's the thing. It's well, yeah. When, when people still, you know, understood discretion. Right. And, you know, it, it was before I could have said... Yeah, I could have been videotaping him buying the crack pipe on my phone. Right. You know, yeah, right, it was right, way right. before that. I, yeah. I was like fucking 19, 20 years old, 
And, you know, we the thought of that shit was, fuck, that was... Yeah, now who would do that anyway? Yeah, how, yeah. How yeah, why would, would I, yeah. Be? So, but it, that's, it was Tony fucking Curtis, man. He liked to party, man. I oh, know, I man. know. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He was a snappy dresser, you know. He's, oh, he was very suave. Very he, suave, uh, man. You know, made all, yeah. the, all the big, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it, Playboy Mansion parties. Oh, yeah, and... Um, yeah, and he was a he was a pretty good actor in his time, I thought too. Oh yeah. man, he's in a million yeah. great movies. Yeah, and so I'm going to segue from that to another story involving my same friend. Okay, who worked at the Odyssey Records, right? Um, he grew up in Bel Air. I grew up south of Pico, so I was like, you know, I was like Ratso Rizzo, to <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But I used to hang out at his house a lot in Bel Air, especially after school or when his, his parents went to Palm Springs every weekend. Okay. So he, he had his house every weekend to himself. Nice. He lived on a place called Roscomir Road, which is right off Sunset, and you have to go through a gate to get okay. to, you know. And the thing about Roscomir Road is it was the one artery that connected L.A. to the valley. Huh. You know, you know, San Fernando. So, you, right. so a lot of people would instead of going on the freeway, they'd go up Roscommon Road, and you go to the top of Roscommon Road, and then you, once you go hit the top, you go down. You're in the valley, the San Fernando oh, okay. Valley, and it's all very beautiful. Both sides are very beautiful, but once you go down to the north, you're in the valley, which you don't want to live in the valley because it's it's a stigma for people. Uh, it's a, it's a lot hotter. I understand. It's a hotter, it's but dustier. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's the valley. It's, it's Socioeconomic implications, class. It's the valley, and that's where they, you know, the stupid valley girls live, and you know, know, that's where they shot all the porn, though, right? Yeah, Yeah. they still do, still do, because it's not all of it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, Anyway. so at the top of the mountain on Roscommon Road is a little supermarket for the locals to have. Right. You know, you live way up. You know, you drive up five, ten minutes. You know, winding roads and all that. Yeah. So they had this market. And my friend who lived halfway up the mountain, he grew up there, he'd shop at that market when his parents would go to Palm Springs if we ever needed beer or something like that. Sure. And one time, I wasn't there, but I believe him because he's, he's an honest guy. He was up there getting some stuff, just some groceries for the weekend. He's like 19, 20 years. And this is the time when Johnny Carson had just announced his retirement. Just announced his retirement. I'm no longer doing the night show. And then the whole wars, talk show war started. You know, who's going to get Johnny's spot? Right, like right. But my friend, <laughs> my friend is up there in line. And guess who's in front of him? Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon is in front of him. And my friend, who's a working actor to this day, I won't, I won't mention his name, because he does a lot of voiceover, voiceovers yeah, and yeah, commercials yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he's not that famous, but he's a working actor. He still lives in Bel Air. Yeah, we'll leave him out of this. Yeah, we'll leave him out of this. <laughs> but he, he always, anytime we'd bump into a celebrity, he'd always want to talk to them. Right. I, sure, know? I know that, yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. So Ed McMahon's right behind him in line in the quick check outline and whatever. And my friend says, so Ed... Um, Johnny's retiring. What are you going to do? <laughs> and Ed McMahon looks at my friend and says, fuck you. Fuck you. Because your friend was being a smartass. When in fact, you know, Ed McMahon was, was a millionaire, yeah, multimillionaire yeah. from, uh, from uh, what was the show? Uh, 
the stars. Oh, um, uh, shooting at no, no, uh, uh, not shooting, shooting at, at the stars. <laughs> no, no, um, uh, star, um, star search, star search. Yes, the, that was it. His catchphrase was. Uh, God, Keep you, your feet on the ground, right, and, and reach for the stars. That's right. That your was, head in the stars. I can't. Yeah, that, God, you remember that? Yeah, I, mean, I used to watch that shit. Oh, really? No, I'm a show business person. I watched you know? the Gong Show. I never. Watched I watched it. that too. You know, I have the, the, look, I'm a huge Chuck Barris fan. I can tell you everything about Chuck Barris. <laughs> You've read his book, right? Yeah, so good. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, of course, I watched Star Search. I I uh, I bust. Uh, when I worked at this restaurant and when I was 16 years old, I bust his table at a restaurant. Uh, Chuck Barris? Chuck Barris. I yeah. think he might have told me the story. Yeah, and he was, he was having lunch with Al Pacino. You did tell me the story. Him and Al Pacino. Yeah, I think I did, yeah. Yeah, I bust their table and they were both sweating. Sweating and, <laughs> and under five feet tall. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, I don't know. They were sitting, I guess. Yeah, they were like under three feet. But yeah, but yeah, I just thought to myself because my friend David, he got home and he called me. He's like, he's like, Ed McMahon just told me to fuck off. That's pretty cool, man. So I go, damn, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that is exactly. super cool. Yeah. So uh, those, I got tons of them, man. I, I was. You know, I, have, I have. A, I have. A, we we could. This could be a regular segment. Like we could trade off because I have like so many uh, road stories. Right. Yeah. You my, were just on the road layer. too. Yeah. I was just on the road. Um, you want to hear a little, a little bit about my road story? Yeah, I want to hear your road story. Okay. So this road story started. Uh, um, had a uh, what's the word um, auspicious beginning. Where uh, I had to meet someone in uh, the suburbs of New Orleans at 3 a.m., climb into a van to do a deadhead drive to uh, Atlanta. Now, all I had to do was lay down on, on a bench of my own in a 15 passenger van with four people in it, excuse me, with three people in it, no, four, and uh, go to sleep for eight hours, which yeah. I, I did my part. Right. And went to sleep for all but. You know, half an hour of stopping, which point I got up and went to the bathroom, went back and went back to sleep. So it was like uh, one night of driving, then a couple of hours in the hotel, then eight hours on the job site of playing a gig, then, uh, you know, back to the hotel, another like six hours in the, of sleeping, and then back on the road for another six hours, and then at the job site for eight hours, and then back and we did this for three days and I, on the third day I said you know this remind this makes me think of like Patton's like George General George Patton's uh, race to Berlin oh to beat uh, where they're trying to beat the Soviets to get yeah, to Berlin right where you know if you in the movie uh, portrayed where George Patton is portrayed by uh, George Mr. C. George Scott. C. Scott yeah. fantastic actor all man he's like they're like the troops are tired, sir. It's like, of course they're tired. We're all tired. If they're not tired, we're not doing our jobs. <laughs> it was one of those kind of trips. Like, yeah, of course we're tired. Yeah, you know, like the, the first thing about that you learn going on on tour as a musician is to give up any expectations or presumption of control that you may have. You know, like the sooner you realize that you're just along for the ride, yeah. the happier you're going to be. Yeah. Because as soon as you start thinking, oh, uh, when am I going to get so-and-so? How long are we going to be at the hotel? Are we going to get to go back to the, you know, all this stuff, all this future 
planning kind of stuff, number one, people are going to look at you like you're an asshole, like you've never done this before, right. because w no one knows the answer to these questions. Right. We're all on this little ride together, and the one thing that we have in common is that we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, you know, I've, I, uh, I was in a, in a band, and I went on two major tours with two bands, and it was, I was just so green to it all. I had no idea, because my background is TV and music videos and, right, and movies. People and, actually do planning. Well, yeah, but to. everything always goes to, you know, 10-hour days, a 14-hour day, whatever, like that. Right, right, I'd right. never been on a tour, and I went on two major tours as an opening act, and... I didn't know what to expect. Uh, fortunately for me, one of the musicians in the band is a veteran of it all, and he he basically kind of took me and my partner under the wing and said, you know, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. You're not going to sleep much. You're not going to do much. You're going to smell at times and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah and, eat, eat when you can. Yeah. Bathe when you can. Yeah. And and and, and basically, it was it was uh, uh, a little a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which I thought was the whole point of it. Because I never thought this band that I was in was ever going to be successful. And we did have some semi-success, but I wasn't like you know I was just fun. I was like twenty-five years old, twenty-six sure. years old. Yeah, that's like, the time to do that. Yeah, Absolutely. it's like you know we're in a van with like five guys, and there's a futon mat in the back of the van. Oh yeah, love slam. Yeah, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it was like okay, who's driving? Who's sleeping? You know, that's basically right, right. what it is. And there was some success, success to it, uh, but I didn't really care. I just wanted to. I, I just wanted to get laid, basically. And, well, you know, yeah, it was you know, a lot of that. It was, you know, it was a lot of that. Well, know? again, like you know, part of the thing that you never know what's going to happen. That could happen too. Right. You know, in, in there is like all possibilities are open. You you may not even make it to a hotel you might blow a tire and wind up well that happened yeah staying at somebody's house that you've never met before well that happened too on our first tour we were supposed to meet the headliner in baltimore and we're in la <laughs> it's your first gig baltimore <laughs> and the bass player and drummer flew out there but we had to drive out there because we had the equipment right and fucking right outside Arizona uh, we run out of gas oh Jesus <laughs> and the veteran musicians going unacceptable boys unacceptable yeah how do you run out of gas man that's <laughs> and me you and my, control me and my partner were like well uh, I guess we just forgot to get forgot to look forgot <laughs> to look at that gauge needle you know that kind of stuff so we learned quickly and I learned never to order seafood in Oklahoma too yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to, got to order. Don't order seafood when you're in a landlocked uh, state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, but it was all good times, as they say. It was just good times, and we had some success, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And uh, and um, that's all I have to say about the touring. But you probably have tons of touring stories. Oh, I do have good. You yeah. know, I had a story that I was going to tell last last week. Maybe I'll tell tonight. Um, concerning being on tour with this band from California that uh -oh. I was playing with. Uh, we were on tour in Spain. We're actually touring all through Europe. Uh -huh. We happened to be in Barcelona this one night. And uh, it's a pretty popular band, and we are playing like maybe a 750-person venue. It was pretty full. 
and the leader, the singer, was a, a bit of a uh, head case, slight, slightly volatile guy, as many of these uh, you know singers are. Um, and we came off of off of stage, uh, and the dressing room door was locked. And he got all upset and like broke it open with a uh, with a uh, fire extinguisher. Uh uh-uh. uh and then we went back for an encore. Well, the people that own the club may or may not have been affiliated with the Spanish Mafia. Uh. But for sure, they were a bunch of tough guys. And as we're playing these last couple of encore numbers, these guys are collecting in the wings. Like, you know, practically like punching their hands, you know, with brass uh. knuckles on, like eyeing us. Because broke, he broke the Cause door. Because he broke the door down and made a big scene. Now, he did it. I didn't do it. But they're looking at all of us like, <laughs> we're going to beat the shit out of you motherfuckers. <laughs> and he realizes that, that you know, he's gotten us into this horrible situation. And he starts talking about it over the mic. And he starts telling the crowd, uh, um, these guys that run this place are a bunch of assholes. Oh, no. And uh, they're going to kill us. If they get our hand, their hands on us, so please uh, save us. So we're gonna have to leave uh, through the audience, and you guys are gonna have to protect us. So we we finished the second song, and then we climbed off the front of the stage with our guitars and bass, and we had to leave all of our back line and the and drums. We went, you had to leave the drums. Had to leave the yeah. drums. Yeah, the drums, the amps went into the audience and through the audience out of the front door. And like jumped into uh, vehicles that I don't know where they even came from, but we were like sitting in the back of of open <laughs> trucks, you know, like we were like making ISIS getaway or something, you know. And those those little uh, did you get paid? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I got paid because I wasn't getting paid from the club. I was getting uh, paid from the management. Uh, I was I was hired. I was help. I wasn't uh, I wasn't an artist on this trip. Which in that kind of yeah situation yeah. is better. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm getting paid a guaranteed salary, and I had all of my equipment with me. I carried it off the stage with me. The rented gear was still yeah, back there. Yeah. Oh my God! So we we did leave, and it was like hilarious caper kind of movement um, moment. You know, you feel like you're in in some kind of Woody Allen movie or, right, or you know, something yeah. more sinister. Broadway, Danny Rose. Right, right. So, well, uh, needless to say, when we picked up our equipment the next day, it was all totally trash. Like you know, you'd have like a, a guitar amp that had somebody shoved a. Uh, a screwdriver through the front of both of the speaker cones, you know, and all because he broke down the. Why was the door locked though to begin with? Uh, you know, they locked the door. Who knows? It's you know, it's <laughs> people do foolish things, and then you know, it starts to escalate from there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's something I'll never forget, man. It's like uh, this can go. You know, it it could have been handled better on our end. I'd, right, I'd certainly yeah. say. Yeah, but it you yeah. know it, it set up a good uh, a good memory of of leaving through the crowd and and not getting beaten up. That was good. You know, I'd rather have that memory than the memory of us going backstage and, and all getting their and asses me, me, me yeah, getting a beating for somebody else. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I, you know, the two major tours I did, I, I, none of it was ever scary. I think I don't, I don't, I can't remember so long ago, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that life on the road. I don't know. Like I look at my friends, um, like my friends in the Red Hot Chili Peppers who I grew up with, 
And one of those major tours was with them. They invited us on there. Right. And I look at them now, and even back then, it was just like, I don't even know how you can do this now. I mean, you're like, they're like, you know, 55, 57 years old, and they're doing these major tours. and It's, it's just demanding, seems, it's demanding. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of resources that they're... Yeah, know, well, that's what I look at, because um, they were here for Jazz Fest last year, and I got a hold of Flea, and I got to talk to him for a second. Um, but it's just like, dude, I mean, how, how much longer can you do this, man? Because it's such a production. You know, Keith Richards is still playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true, yeah. Hey, he looks great, man. I saw an interview with Keith the other day. Uh, with this, this guy, actually a friend of a friend, does this... Uh, well, Keith like, is a Hollywood story I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a Hollywood story. I don't um, know if I told him. Go ahead. I'm but sorry. anyway, I saw the, this uh, thing with this this guy. I've I've seen uh, other interviews he he's does where he approaches it from the point of view of a guitar player, not like right. you're a rock guy. He's like, yeah, how'd you learn to play guitar? Who are your influences? Like, yeah. what's the first song you learned to play? Here's a guitar. You want to play it? And Keith actually goes. Okay, you know, the guy ahead yeah. of time is like, yeah, they said Keith isn't going to play, but I brought a couple of guitars anyway right. just in case he wants yeah. to grab one. And Keith winds up grabbing this acoustic guitar and playing Malaguena, which is well, like that's the first, his first song, song he ever learned. his grandfather yeah, taught yeah. him. You, you read know, his so he, book. Yeah, yeah. Were, yeah so he tells book, that yeah. whole story, and, yeah. he, and he shows, you know, and, and, and the guy is grabbing his, his own guitar and going, oh, what's that? And right. you know, playing along with him, and Keith's going, no, but I didn't know all that part then. You know, all I did was this real simple version, you know? It's, it's but can you can you imagine? I mean, they're thinking of going on tour again. It's like they're like eighty. Well, they've been on tour this whole year, and a friend of mine saw him in Havana, and he said it was one of the greatest shows he's ever seen. And really? I heard I heard other people, like other legit rock stars, get asked on somebody else's podcast, like, "Well, what? Who? Who is? Who's great right now that you've seen recently?" And the guy thought for a while. I think it was Bent Montench, like the keyboard player from Tom Petty's band, the Heartbreakers, okay. and and he was asked, "Who's great that you've seen recently?" And and Bent Montench, he said the Stones. He said, "Well, believe it or not, I saw the Stones recently." And I've seen them like twenty times. Yeah. And the last time I saw them, they were so great. But do you like, think they're really playing? Oh, they're absolutely <laughs> playing. They're absolutely <laughs> playing, man. Because I've seen them like six, five, six times. And the last time I saw them in LA, like nine, uh, I think it was the Babylon tour, or whatever. I could swear he wasn't playing. Well, you know, the, at times they have more or less uh, supplemental musicians playing, but. You know, bands go up and down. It's an ebb and a flow, and and I think yeah, right those, now I didn't see any of those supplemental on stage. I think they were behind the sometimes stage. Sometimes they yeah, put them backstage. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's what I think. But I'll tell you what. Right now, I think the the Stones, uh, you know, within the last couple of years, have been doing so much playing and are are really in good form. You know, for well, Charlie rocks. I know Charlie's always in sync, man. Keith, he, is, Keith rocks, man. No, I I love Keith. I love Keith. I I I, I want to be keith i've tried to be keith you know what's, what's not to like about any of those yeah guys, right? um but there is a time where it's just like you know i, I want to call it quits you know uh, well you know the so do they at times and then they get a little bit of time off and then they sit in their mansions by themselves and they <laughs> talk to their wives well the thing is i don't want to see chirp. one of them die on stage that's the thing well you know you know what i heard actually is that 
that on now I don't know if this is exactly true. This is what I've heard from pretty reliable sources though, that there are two guys on staff who do nothing but sit backstage with defibrillators <laughs> and watch videotape. One guy watches only Mick. Yeah. And is ready to race out there and and Well, uh, he seems to be the healthiest. He's very healthy, but you know, yeah, you he, never know about anybody. Yeah. And then so the other guy watches the rest of the band. Right. And yeah. and I I heard the story and I was like starting to riff on it. I was like you can imagine like Keith kind of like conking out in the middle of a song, and well, then they run out there on stage, and the guy reanimates him. You know, and Keith's like, "What? What? What? Oh, where was it? Where were we? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no, I've actually seen a YouTube video from a, a concert back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, where they're doing their encore song, the Jumping Jack Flash, or uh-huh. whatever, and Keith is hammered. Sure, and he's not playing at all. Yeah, and he's just sitting there going, laughing. He's laughing, but yet you hear his riff. Well, because Ron Wood is so good, he realizes that Keith isn't playing the riff anymore, <laughs> so he starts playing. It. Well, it could be that musician in the back of the stage. Don't you know, you I'm think? not saying that the Stones have duplicate musicians. I'm saying sometimes bands do that. I'm not. I, I would not well, accuse no, I, the Stones hey, listen, of doing that. I love the fucking Stones. I gr- they're my favorite. Stones and The Clash are my two favorite bands sure. ever, ever. Sure. And then Sinatra and Frankie Valli. There you go. And Blondie and uh, Men Without Hats. I <laughs> 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 thought those two were going to be switched in order, but okay, all right, if you insist. No, those are, the, and then to round out my top ten. Anyway, I have a Keith Richards story. Um, okay. Uh, back in the day, uh, I used to do a lot of... Uh, promotion stuff for Virgin Records. I don't know if I told you this story. Um, it's starting to sound familiar. Yeah, but Keith Richards, I was going to interview him at his, he did a solo record. I think I told you this story. Did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah, I think you might have oh, told the story this story on the podcast. Story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then fuck it. I'll tell you the Gene Simmons story. Okay, good, good. Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons from Kiss, um, you know, was very well known for fucking, Sure, you sure. Know, you know, and he, we and him were always in competition. <laughs> um, just like me and Milton. He always had a little chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, anyway, when... You and Milton Burrow? Yeah, in the Dick Milton. department? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You to pull yeah. out enough to... You don't have yeah. to take it all the way out. Yeah, just, just enough just to, to win. Just to know to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, um, this, is, this is kind of funny. This is when the band I was in was very popular at a time. It was like an 18th month, two-year stretch. We were very popular in the LAC and stuff. And so we were rehearsing a lot. You know, it was like, ah, we're getting popular. We've got to come up with new material and right, stuff like right. that. We're rehearsing a lot. So we, we rented some fucking space off of Cahuenga Boulevard in Hollywood. You know, like 10 bucks for four hours. This wow. little fucking hovel. Right. You know, where, you, where bands would just go there and rehearse, you know. Sure, sure, like yeah. Three bucks an hour. Yeah, some rock hole. Yeah, some rock hole. And we're sitting there jamming and we're doing our we're rehearsing and we're rehearsing and rehearsing. And all of a sudden, it's like we're done with our rehearsing our set, and there's all of a sudden this guy just fucking walks in to our rehearsal hall. It's fucking Gene Simmons. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking Gene Simmons. And we're like, you know, it's like, and Kiss was the first arena concert I ever saw in my life. Oh, okay. Kiss. All right. Cheap Trick opened for Kiss at 76 at the LA okay, Forum. That sounds cool. First, first arena show I ever saw in my life. 
he fucking walks in and he's a little you could tell he's a little hammered because he opened the door really like fast like, boom I don't think Keith I don't think Gene Simmons does any drugs or drinks at all but anyway well, well maybe he didn't maybe I, he's just I, yeah, he was he's just high just, on his own he yeah, was uh, loaded on his own um, testosterone or, or, yeah, and uh, yeah, hype yeah but anyway, this is like 1990 or something like that. He walks in, and he's looking for a band, I guess, or someone he's there to meet, and we're not the band. Right. And he sits there and he goes, all right, sounds really good, guys, sounds really good. And he just slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, and like I looked at the drummer, our drummer, I said, you know, that was Gene Simmons. He goes, no fucking way. That was, yeah, that was Gene Simmons. Yeah, and sure, it was Gene because he went into every rehearsal room looking for this band that he never saw. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who it was. Who was I, looking I, for? I, it. I, I don't know. I, maybe uh, maybe they had uh, some uh, some band that had a guitar player that he was about to poach to uh, replace uh, uh, Ace Freely. Ace Freely, you know, our drummer who's going to replace Peter, Peter Chris. Chris. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, because he's a he's a sly sly dog. Well. I have an ex-girlfriend whose mom slept with James Simmons. No kidding. In, in an elevator in Florida. Well, did they? How much sleeping could they have done? Well, they. It was basically just a, a quick fuck. Basically, is what All it right, was. Well, that sounds more. Yeah, accurate. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, she's a jazz singer who used to tour around the country, and he happened to be in the same hotel and. Well, I've never seen you sweat. No, I, I try not to. Uh, yeah. And I was telling those guys on the road the other day that. Uh, I do try not to sweat. You perspire. I, uh, you don't sweat. No, I try even not to bur- to do that. I try not to to. I try to keep myself super. It's hard in this calm. town during the summer, though. It's hard, but I've had so much practice. You know, I've, it's given me such an opportunity. Because you've never to, worked a day in your life, really. Well, you know, <laughs> except for dealing with your tenants. <laughs> so uh, I hear the the uh, the rumble of a uh, vacuum cleaner. You know what we haven't had yet tonight is, is the, the traditional uh, lady kicking the chairs around. Yeah. Is, is this possibly her night off? Maybe she's on vacation. I think it is her night off because I saw another woman here. I saw another woman also. Maybe that's why but the you know that, haven't been kicked. But, but you know that woman, um, I saw her, God, what was it, uh, Saturday, the, for Endymion Saturday, I saw her. You saw her at a parade? No, no, I saw her here because oh, I came okay. here really early in the morning to take a steam and to do some little bit of a workout Look on Endymion. you take a steam? Oh, you got to take... This Jesus is whole. This Christ, is whole. Man. Dude, no. Listen, this is uh, my whole. I got. I got to figure out how the other half is living because I'm certainly not living like that. Dude, here's what I do. Basically, I drink every night till I pass out, and then I come to the. Check. N- I come to the NOAC and I sit in the steam in the sauna and just sweat it all out. Okay, that's so the I could do I'm messing. So I could do it all over again. That's what I do. Okay. And I'll I'll swim or I'll maybe do the uh, the the treadmill. Swim, they wow. have yeah yeah the swim is great. You know our friend uh, Jeff, uh, poor guy, he can't he can't work out anymore here. Why is that? He I he's got some kind of hip problem. Oh, oh I thought you meant he'd gotten eighty sixed. <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all if he got eighty six. But uh, yeah. actually, I think Jeff is going to be a, uh, a soon, uh, a near future guest. Possibly, he might be our first guest. Well, yeah, we—that's uh, our audience. You should know. In the future, we're going to start having guests, so you won't be so bored with us just doing our banter. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a lot of New Orleans guests, uh, non-New Orleans people, and uh, so check it out. Uh, we're here every every week or every two weeks. 
I have nothing else more to say tonight. But well, I do have a, I do have a story. Though, hold on, where was that story? I have a little quip here. Um, no, that's not it. That's not it. I'll maybe save it for later. I have a, a, a quick joke I made up the other day uh, based on something that happened. If you want to yeah, listen to it while you search for your yeah, closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is, uh, I might not, we might not want to close with this one. Again, I'm, I'm, so, uh, you know, my, my family was, uh, took the train up to Atlanta. Coincidentally, the same day I was playing in Atlanta. But they took the train because they were going to go look at some colleges. Oh, for your daughter? For my, that my daughter may go to, uh, uh-huh. Georgia Tech. So they got on the train at 7 a.m. in New Orleans. They were supposed to get there at 7.30 Atlanta time, which should have been like you know, an 11-and-a-half-hour train ride. Ouch. So first it was delayed by like three hours. So they weren't going to get there until I was almost done with my gig. And everybody, I was telling the story to the band, like, oh, that's so terrible. Oh, it's so terrible. As it turned out, and I started saying, yeah, you know, it's, that's a really ridiculous train ride, you know. Uh, you know, as it, as it turned out, they got there at like 3.30 a.m. Oh, God. And I was telling, the, you know, bringing the band up to date on that. And I was saying, yeah, you know, it's just unbelievably horrible. I said, as bad as that was, not the worst train ride a Jew's ever taken. <laughs> not by a long shot. Yeah, no. <laughs> not, not even close. Yeah. Not even close. At least they had seats, you know. Oh, Jesus. Not <laughs> yeah. even close. I won't even get into the comparing and contrasting that. That was a very good observation, Renee. I like it. I uh, like it. I do like it. Uh, okay, so I had a few things I wanted to cover, close Close. Oh, this is one thing, you know, we're going to start having guests soon. So we have to start having questions for our guests at the end of the show. Okay. You know, like uh, I, uh, that show, uh, the actors uh, thing. Actor studio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end of the show, he James always. James Lipton. Yeah. What would you say to God if you, to meet God? Oh, okay. All game? right. Really? We're so we do should, that? we, okay. we okay. think about that stuff. Okay. So I was thinking about things like that, you know, like what would you want on your tombstone or, you know. Right. Or would you rather get fucked in the ass by a goat or a camel? You know, okay. those kind, yeah. right. <laughs> those well, kind of questions. Uh, I've never heard of the actor's <laughs> studio, but yeah, no, James no. Lipton would probably find that intriguing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, the only thing I have to go on now is, uh, um, God, we're talking about the Olympics. and Oh, we're I, switching topics that quick? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm closing with the Olympics because I, I, I okay. remember this joke about Martina Navratilova. When they, I love her, by the way. Yeah. I'm a big uh, fan, big fan. Yeah, big fan of hers. When back when she was winning, you know, hey, what's happening, brother? Um, when she was winning all the tennis matches and the tournaments and all that, uh, you know, she kept getting accused of steroid use and like the Olympics, really steroids. And so um, I used to, I, I had this joke when I used to do jokes. Um, they said, uh, Martino, you know, the press is asking you about your steroid use. What's your answer? And she said, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's a perfect closer, perfect way to All get right, out. So, yeah. uh, Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> All right, uh, Troubled Nation. All right, Troubled Nation, we're here for you. Let us know what you feel. Let us know what you're about. Uh, signing off. Good night. Struggle continues. Struggle continues.